Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Greetings, listeners. I'm so happy to have Double Trouble on the podcast today. That's right. Two hosts for the price of one. It's Brad Kearns talking to our favorite Primal Blueprint podcast host, L. Russ. How you doing, L? Doing great. How are you? Geez, it's been it's been too long since we uh, did a show together, and now we are uh, back from this wonderful excursion to Paleo FX in Austin, Texas. And I thought we would uh, do a show to recap all the amazing things that happened and some opinions and observations and insights about uh, how the movement's doing, where it's headed all that kind of fun stuff for the people that didn't get to go to Austin and for the people that did get to go to Austin because, man, it was fun to meet all these uh, all these enthusiasts from around the world. It was, honestly, I'm having post-paleo effects like depression. <laughs> <laughs> I miss everybody so much. I, I mean, honestly, you know, people talk, this is my first year, people talked about it forever. Michelle and Keith came on. Everyone says, oh my God, you don't understand. Incredible group of people. And, you know, you're like, yeah, I've talked to some of these people. I can get that. But it's not until you're there and what really moved me was just speaking with all of the attendees. I mean, it was great to meet Rob Wolf for the first time um, instead of virtually and other people uh, that I will talk about in a minute. But just the people in attendance warmed my heart. I feel like I had tears in my eyes half the time, like so open and sharing everyone on the same journey to healing. Like, honestly, I hope I go every year. It was amazing. And I really do suggest people go because, if you know, I met people, right? And I'm sure you did too, who drove up alone from somewhere doesn't have anyone in their community to talk to about autoimmune or Hashimoto's or whatever, you know, their crew still eating fried, whatever, you know, and, and you need people, you you need a tribe and this is the place to go and find it. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire about it. I loved it. Here's what's so funny. Like you and I are probably the only people, (laughs) the only authors or people of note that have never gone to the show. I mean, I've literally turned down an opportunity (laughs) like seven years in a row because I'm like, eh, I'm not big on, you know, walking around and trade shows. I'm so busy with this book deadline. There's always an excuse, but like the act of getting off my butt and flying over there, hey, hey, nonstop flights now from Sacramento to Austin, trip out on that. It was great. But anyway, getting getting out of your uh, personal space especially when my personal space is a very small uh, closet slash recording studio and then getting to meet the people. And, you know, the best thing for me was like the primal health coaches, especially they're such a strong, powerful tribe and they're so connected and they're so enthusiastic. They've gone all in and like people coming up to me and going, Hey, I kind of recognize your voice, dude. Are you the, are you the primal health coach guy that does all these modules? And I remember recording those 13 hours of recordings, wondering if anyone was ever going to listen to this stuff. And it's just like, it was, it was a real eye opener to get with, uh, you know, names, faces, people, and geez, where were we the last seven years? I don't know. I know. Well, and I'm, I like Brad had the opportunity to go last year. I'm like, I don't know if I'm into these convention things. Like, I just, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. It was almost like I, when I blew off Mark's book, when I first started working for him, I was like, yeah, whatever. I've read every, you know, book about this stuff. It's probably saying the same stuff, like just kind of discounted it, not in a terrible way, but just like, oh, well, I don't know if it's my thing. It's totally my thing. I mean, it is so my thing. I'm so excited about it. And also too, you know, for people out there, you know, we're doing these podcasts, we talk to everyone and we're having these conversations, but, um, sometimes you forget 
that there are people out there listening, right? You, for, you not forget we're doing it for everyone listening, but it's so nice when people come up and they're like, Hey, I listened to you or, or, Hey, I love that one thing you did. And you're like, Oh my gosh, that's right. People hear this. I'm so glad. Um, it, it was just, everyone was so friendly and wonderful. I just can't say enough about the attendees. Yeah. I mean, it boosts, it boosts me for sure. Like I said, and then also in the other direction, you learn so much from people, you know, they're, they're coming up to you as an author and, or whatever, but you know, the real people living real life and like, um, uh, Catherine from Houston, one of the primal health coaches making this incredible career change where she moved across the world, had a total life transition, you know, not always easy, but telling me how she, at that very, t- at very moment, she got started on her health coaching career and it's thriving. And oh my goodness, uh, people like um, uh, Heather and Val from the Chicago area, another couple of coaches and, uh, you know, just talking about dropping that quick 30 or 40 pounds. Like so many people have been struggling and suffering for so long and, you know, smiling and happy and mixing in with uh, all the other people there. And it really was, uh, if you haven't been there and you're, you're like us and afraid of trade shows or conventions, um, it was a very broad cross-section of uh, society. It wasn't a bunch of people with uh, shaved down, uh, you know, tattoos and muscles and uh, girls bouncing around uh, like, like at a, a fitness sports show or you know, where you have that demographic that's just so far over the top. These are like real people with jobs and lives and kids and challenges and just trying to get healthier and listening to all the experts, Um, but especially uh, who killed it at the show. I have to say personally, it was L. Russ. I mean, you went up there <laughs> and sweet. you already have that. Did you see the whole thing? Oh on my that gosh! One? I mean, you. I mean, we know uh, you, the listeners probably know you, you're. You know, you've had acting as a profession for a long time. You're very comfortable in the in the performing element. But uh, besides that, I think you went out of your way to kind of. Uh, absorb the audience and connect with the audience and also, you know, individual people that came by the booth and talked to you one-on-one. You're just, you're, you were putting it out there in a way that wasn't like a, a performance by a celebrity, but rather someone actually getting to know you. And people commented to me that, that um, they just felt like you were, you were the real deal. You know, your book is about pain and suffering and, and stuff that you went through as opposed to a book about how perfect you are. So, you know, you really, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that book can't be written. That's not even a possibility. Yeah, so, yeah, no, thank you. I, I, and just for people out there who are looking into speaking and things like that. So even though, you know, you and I are very comfortable in these environments, I still called a few friends to brainstorm about it because, you know, it was like, all right, what am I going to say that hasn't be, been said from me before in all these interviews or, or how can I grasp this audience at 5 PM? Right. I mean, oh my gosh, they've had a whole day of, of speakers. So, you know, and, and this is just really true in general for any message. If you can tap into really what it feels like, the personal story, and it doesn't even have to be the, oh, I couldn't find a doctor. It's what hypothyroidism feels like. And so, you know, that's why I started out that way. And I, that's how you, it, it, it wasn't like, this is like a tactic to grip people as much as we're like this, this is how it feels. Like you need to know what goes on inside of the mind and body of someone who's going through this, because that is in my book. And whenever I talk about it and mention those things, that's what people connect with. So, you know, shout out to my buddies who brainstormed with me and just confirmed, yes, you know, go in that direction, do more of that. And, um, you know, so I'm glad I did because afterwards people came up and they were like, when you said that one thing, uh, that happened to me or, you know, so just connecting with others, being open about the nitty gritty, gory details of whatever it is you went through to help others if that's comfortable. So, you know, I went there and I felt, 
I felt good about it. And it was really, really just lovely to see and help people and talk to people. I mean, honestly, just giving back. What do you think were some of the highlights as far as the presentations, the panels? Uh, I thought uh, the the organization uh, to me was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Keith and Michelle Norris and their whole staff. Unbelievable. And it's a really, really hard thing to do. I used to be in the event production business for triathlons, but everything ran so smoothly. So that was like the backdrop that I'd like to start with. Yes. Uh, and then we can get into some some highlights. Let's talk about... Keith and Michelle Norris, they are just the most genuine people, their whole staff, so nice. That is a huge monstrosity to pull off flawlessly. So, I mean, I'm so impressed with the whole endeavor and what they've done for this industry and how it keeps growing. And they are so supportive. They're so supportive. And they had all the right people helping in the ways that you needed to be helped with as a speaker or someone who had to be somewhere. You know, everyone was just so kind. And so, I, I mean, I'm in sort of tears of gratitude and honored that they even invited me to come. I really am. Yeah, and in the middle of it all, they throw this killer party at their, their office headquarters killer. with the most amazing food. And it's like, really? Right in the middle of this incredible event, I thought you'd want to go and collapse on the couch. But, you know, they were laughing, they are joking, they are mixing with people. And I want to also uh, come from that event producer side that it's not always an area where you get a ton of appreciation. And I remember talking to Michelle years ago, and uh, she was detailing how, you know, they came out of pocket. I mean, they lost whatever she said, 20 grand or something on, on these early Paleo FX events. And so when you're walking in there and you're thinking, gee, I paid 300 bucks, wow, that's a lot of money, or, or whatever the, the cost of the exhibitor booth. I mean, these things are, you know, it's... It's a labor of it's love, the, isn't it? It's, it's a labor of love, and it's the toughest of, uh, of occupations. And boy, all the success to them. I hope the thing continues to grow. It blew out the Palmer Event Center, this giant convention space. And when you kind of take a step back and, and look at it and realize everyone in there, I mean, how about their, um, their list of stuff that's not allowed? That was so funny. They're like, we will not allow canola oil into this building. We will not allow <laughs> artificial sweeteners. We will not allow this. And usually when you go to a trade show, there's all kinds of crap. But they like did that vetting process, which made it you know, an, another, another level of, uh, of sophistication when you're walking around knowing that someone's checked on the health aspects of all the, uh, all the foods they're serving all day. Yeah. And we can jump right into that. I got some, I got some other really great observations. But the vendors... Amazing. Another thing where like you're at an event like that and you don't even need to worry about snacking or eating because everything that you need for your brain is, <laughs> is available and pure and awesome. Like, you know, going over to Vital Choice, the salmon booth, that was my favorite and getting some cooked salmon, some salmon eggs, you know, uh, the the bona fide bone broth lattes were like the, the crack of the event because they were just, they were like bone broth and little turmeric, little coconut oil, little ghee. Uh, they made these little like lattes, not coffee. And those were just so delicious. And so it was so, it just was this healthy choices everywhere, you know? Yeah, the Cogenics booth, the guys that are at the very ground floor of inventing exogenous ketones uh, with Dom D'Agostino, uh, Rob Rogers, and Gary over there. Uh, I got into some good uh, commentary and understanding uh, how this stuff is really going to take off and I, I think is poised to be probably you know, the, the breakthrough performance supplement of our times. The first thing in decades besides, you know, sugar and, um, you know, gels and, and, and ways to ingest sugar, 
uh, now we have uh, what I think is like, you know, a high octane fuel to use in and around uh, intense workouts to burn a cleaner fuel. And of course, all the other intended uses. Uh, and then, you know, these guys coming and interfacing with the public and explaining some of the misconceptions, especially about exogenous ketones. But then on, you know, on the next booth down, someone's talking about infrared heat therapy and how it helps the body and, uh, you know, l- learning to sort through kind of the hype that you might be exposed to uh, in an indirect manner. And now you're talking to the people that invented this stuff and I got my my mud clay toothpaste for 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 better yeah, me too. Uh, I did that. I teeth that hygiene. And you're just you're just walking down the aisles, learning about uh, life and being healthy. And I saw people diving into these little um, personal saunas where they wrap them up in a box and they're getting that sauna therapy. It was it was a trip, man. It was all around a trip. There's a hyperbaric chamber that looked like a submarine. Like, I mean, it was like, what's happening over there? There was so much cool stuff. Um, you know, actually, I'm glad you brought up the exogenous ketones. So I wanted to kind of go, because I was on a keto panel with Rob Wolf and Nora Gitgaudis and some other awesome people, Stephanie Parson, Allie Miller, uh, the ketogenics guy, or one of the exogenous ketones guys. I'm so sorry for getting his name right now. Um, anyway, on that panel, you know, remember you were there in the audience and, you know, we're talking about like, hey, forget the idea of weight loss, right? Keto for brain, keto for anti-inflammatory, you know, I want, I want to ask you two questions. So the first one would be, can you give us the, the spiel on why burning glucose is dirty, what that means and what it can lead to that's not good? And then on the second note, just the whole conversation of exogenous ketones, like wouldn't it be better to like make them yourself versus take them? When do you need to look into using them and they're best for? So I'd love you to go into a little bit of that. Yeah, the other dude on the panel, the, the guy at the end, was the one and only... Luis Villasenor, and he is uh, one of my highlights of finally meeting him in person, but he's been quietly uh, adhering to a ketogenic diet for 18 years now and been a competitive power lifter and bodybuilder. So if you jump over to ketogains.com and see what these guys are doing, his partner Tyler, who was a guy who was over 400 pounds and has now come back to healthy living. So he comes from that other space of, you know, a general unhealthy person using keto to to turn his health around and, and eliminate disease risks where Luis has been, you know, performing the, the edges of human potential as a strength power athlete and doing things that bodybuilders basically thought to be impossible for decades and decades. I mean, these guys have been shoveling food down their throat both ultra high protein, high carb, and just trying to grow these giant muscles. And now he's doing the thing without all the health consequences of being a garbage truck with your food. So, um, and he's ripped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy's, you know, he's, he's the picture uh, of health and advanced knowledge. And I'll, I'll throw some tidbits in from my, I got a chance to interview him and we'll put that on YouTube in the future. But he had some amazing nuggets that, um, you know, will, I think, stick with the listener who's, who's pondering this or trying this and you know, seeing it as difficult or a struggle. And so uh, generally um, on the panel, he, he made some good contributions. And then the other people you mentioned, that was an awesome panel because there's so much misunderstanding and kind of uh, bastardization of the original premise that it's super healthy to restrict carbs and you get all these benefits. And now people are, you know, disparaging it as the bacon and butter diet when you go, you know, to the show next week in Austin, the vegan foundation, and they're going to, you know, tell you that this stuff's (laughs) going to clog your pipes and you're going to collapse and drop dead. And it was super funny when they were doing the intros on your panel. That's right. And Rob Wolf says, 
yep, uh, I've been doing this stuff for seven years and I'm not dead. And then Luis grabs the mic and he's like, yeah, I've been doing this stuff since 2000 and I'm not dead either. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, the- and I think even Stephanie piped in and she's like, I've been doing it for the past seven years and I'm also not dead. Like it was the theme. I was like, we're just going to go down the line here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that girl, I mean, she's like, you know, Amazing. Hey, I'm 51. And everyone, there was a big like ooh in the crowd because she looks like a young yeah. peppy 20 something, you know, Instagram superstar that she is. Uh, but, you know, she gets off her chair and she's like, this is a body made by keto and I'm 51, guys. So it was, um, it was great. But, and she, you know, and she's ripped. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. besides that, uh, that fun stuff, you know, she said, how did I get into this? She was trying to, um, you know, Help treat a, a mother who had traumatic brain injury and, you know, a very serious and, uh, uh, you know, precise entry into this world out of desperation, trying to to heal a, a very ill family member. So, you know, fascinating backstories to get the people here. And then uh, you guys uh, collectively did a super job uh, setting people straight and, you know, saying this is not the, the bacon and butter slam your face with fat diet, but it's really at its foundation should be about finding nutrient-dense foods, which uh, if you get rid of all the junk that we have in the modern diet, we're talking about um, a high-fat, low-carb diet by default, but not not stressing about these macros and, and splitting hairs and doing this stuff where we go on to little offshoots and asides and arguments, but instead just, just going with the flow. And uh, Rob did a good job conveying that. You did a great job. Um, Nora, you know, these, these people, um, this is, you know, the leading brain trust in the world. And to have them all in one room, the room was packed. It was like overflow crowd. So that was a highlight. But you asked me about the exogenous ketones and um, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated with this subject. I had uh, Rob and Gary on the podcast earlier, so you can search for that. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, best results come when these are consumed within the foundation of a keto-friendly or at least a low-carb primal paleo-style diet. And so, so you already have to get there, right? You're saying get there first, then you can use these things. Don't use them on your way there. Uh, no, you can use them. You can use them as a wonderful tool on your way there because what they're going to do is they're going to help you stay away from those temptations and backslides when your energy's flagging and you're not all the way optimized with your fat burning yet, which is part of the journey. You got to you got to get those fat burning engines revved up. But in the meanwhile, if you reach for, let's say, a, a ketone drink uh, when you have the afternoon blues rather than a power bar, no offense, sorry, they're not sponsoring the show either. I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have a better chance at progressing toward that ultimate goal of being highly fat and keto adapted because you're getting... Okay. So I like the way you used it. You gave us an example. So afternoon, maybe in between some meals, you had a little something or lunch or whatever, but you're having a slump and you're on your way to getting fat adapted. That might be the moment to have one of these drinks. Uh, as well as in and around intense workouts, as well as... Uh, While working out and lifting weights, like in a bottle next to you at the gym and stuff, or we're out doing stuff or like, or you mean like after or before? Um, I'm doing the before, during and after plan. And the, oh. the concept here is that when you uh, metabolize glucose, it's called a dirty burning fuel source because it does not require mitochondria to, to burn. Bur- glucose burns quick and dirty. So it's like the campfire analogy that we use in the, the Keto Reset Mastery course. There's some good videos and commentary in the book about this. But if you imagine going to the campfire and all you have is some uh, some twigs and some newspaper, you know, in three minutes, you can light a raging fire uh, that will, you know, be the, the envy of all the campers around you. Uh, but you're going to have to keep throwing wadded up newspaper onto the fire to keep it going. It's very high maintenance and you got a lot of black smoke going into the air because it's cheap and dirty fuel. And the analogy here is that 
Um, that's what glucose or a high carbohydrate diet is. It burns quick and easily. Then you burn through that energy. You get tired, hungry, cranky. You need more energy. So you're constantly, you know, the wadded up newspaper are your carbohydrate snacks throughout the day. And the oxidative stress, the oxidative damage that occurs when you're burning fuel without mitochondria uh, is something that over time is going to accelerate the aging process and uh, advance your disease risk factors. Uh, in contrast, fat, as we know, is uh, requiring mitochondria, requires oxygen to be burned, where glucose does not. So fat is the cleanest burning fuel, especially your stored body fat or natural nutritious fats that you can ingest from the diet. And ketones are in that same category because ketones are uh, the, the body's answer to glucose in the absence of dietary glucose. And as you um, can detail in the uh, learn in detail in the book Keto Reset Diet, they also have a whole bunch of other uh, beneficial effects that uh, are at the epigenetic level. In other words, ketones are such a powerful have such a powerful effect on the body that besides being a good source of caloric energy, they affect uh, genetic signaling at the cellular level in the same manner that uh, a drug does. I mean, that's what a drug is, is it's overriding whatever genetic uh, processes are going on and reducing inflammation right away when you take that uh, anti-inflammatory drug. So that's why the keto thing is so popular. And so basically for the first time you're getting uh, in a bottle what you can get from all that hard work from dietary restriction. Now, is there all of a sudden, I know popping up into your head and other people's head is like, ooh, so this is a shortcut from weeks and weeks of devoted carb restriction. Yeah, now I can right? just drink it. And no. you know, that was my first thought when I heard about this and was talking to Dr. D'Agostino a year and a half ago. And he's like, um, uh, yeah, kind of. It kind of is a shortcut. <laughs> you know, it kind of it is a hack. But we don't want to abuse that idea and make this sort of your hangover remedy where you went to Cheesecake Factory, you had two slices instead of one, you also had the sweet potato fries and the pasta, and now you want to, you know, erase all that. <laughs> now you want to kill yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, technically speaking, uh, let, me, let me paint this picture of explaining it, is you're going to go hit the ketones. You are going to be in ketosis and burning ketones as soon as you drink that or within 15 minutes, but then you're going to burn through that and you're going to, this, when the smoke clears, you're going to be a sugar burner, right? You're going to be uh, all the things that you were. So back to where you were, right. right? So if you. And you've not built the metabolic machinery. So I guess that goes to the whole, yeah, it's a little bit of a hack, but it can't be solely used, right? Because, well, I guess I consider it like exogenous hormones. When you start introducing that, you're shutting down your body's own ability. I'm not saying this does that, right? Like that does. But do you get my concept there about you, you'd rather have it come from within and use these to help and grow versus try to hack as a shortcut only while you're carbon out? Correct. And uh, Gary Millett, who's uh, deep into the science uh, there with Kegenics, uh, also explained that basically when you see a ketone supplement, uh, they ordered it from the guys at Kegenics. They're the originators, uh, and that's why um, they're happy to see all the vendors around there and having this, this, this movement grow. But it's, it's a distinction that you, know, you want to make sure you're getting a, a good formulated product with those supportive agents. That is really so important. And if I totally messed that it was awesome. up, no, <laughs> sorry, that but, was a, this man, is what I, I need like, to know because I mean, yeah. this is really your wheelhouse, even though I know about it too, but to get into the nitty gritty like that, um, and especially with these new products coming out and also for us to know, um, the, you know, the reputation of, uh, a company that, you know, you trust as well. I want to segue into one of the superstar 
people that were there that we've had on our podcast. You met him at the speaker dinner briefly, or I don't know if you ended up speaking to him longer, but Kevin Ballister, who literally sustained a severe traumatic brain injury that left him comatose with less than a 10% chance of regaining consciousness beyond a vegetative state. He did high dose omega-3s, immediate keto. Uh, He talks about it on the podcast. He woke up, he's walking around. We're walking around, hanging out at the speaker dinner. He is so inspiring, so funny. And then he was there with um, his friend who also had a traumatic brain injury. She's an attorney and she had it affect her vision and other things. And, you know, I was practically in tears at the level of perseverance that it takes, but also how they're contributing uh, to the story and the benefits of ketosis. Now, it's not maybe appropriate for every single traumatic brain injury situation, but, you know, Kevin has worked with other families where he's watched people, people's daughters and sons, like, light up and speak for the first time after being dosed with high amounts of omega-3s, which no doctor in a hospital would ever, ever be okay with. And so, yeah, these are interesting hacks, but while the learning and the advancement and what they're contributing in this traumatic brain injury space... Can we talk about that? Because that guy blew me away. He blows me away to this day. I just have so much love. He and his friend were just, I mean, how can you be? You can't be more down to earth once you've come out of a coma. Come on. Yeah. How about that? Feedabrain.com is his website. And his book. Yes. And when you're thinking about this whole keto thing and whether it's a fad or not, um, it goes back to, you know, now over a hundred years ago when it was first used by Dr. Wilder in the Mayo Clinic. And it was used because it was effective on drug-resistant Caesar patients, and the reason it was effective is it raised the oxygen threshold at which Caesars occur. In other words, when you get into ketosis, your brain gets more oxygen. So if that's not interesting to everybody listening, yeah. you know, a higher oxygenated brain and all that means, it's crazy. So I, I just love that those um, people being a part of this space and coming out... With that, I also, oh my God, one of the funniest, most awesome things I love, I have been, I wish, I I hope I could just tag Ben Greenfield in this and have him hear me say this about him because, okay, so every, I mean, everyone listening probably knows if you don't check out Ben Greenfield Fitness. So Ben Greenfield is a major hacker and, you know, some people might say left field with it. Like, oh, he'll try anything or it's what I like about him. He's, he's very brave. He's also very intuitive. And I, you know, I love, I love his personality. Um, but one of the funniest things to me was, and this sounds dark for a second, but so Ben got injured on his way in. He was like cycling or got hit by a car. Like it's awful. He came into the event and he looked like he'd gotten into a bar fight. He had like a black eye and all this. It was just, it was, it was like, oh my gosh, what happened to you? Okay. But then we see him at the speaker dinner and I swear to God, the guy had healed like five days. Like it would, and I said, "What did you do? You look like there's no way that your face looks this much better than it did earlier. Like, how did this happen?" He totally, within his own realm, and it makes sense. He biohacked himself at the event. He went into the hyperbaric chamber. He did an IV, probably some other stuff. And I just love that. I love that the major hacker had to like hack himself out of a situation. But I got to say, the healing level in his face and skin. And Ben has perfect skin and there's no flaws. So you could see every mark and bruise. It was as if he, I saw him five days later and everyone said the same thing. They're like, what the hell happened between 8 a.m. and, and, you know, 7 p.m. And so I just thought that was so great that, uh, he kind of lived his, 
thing out, although I'm sorry that he got into an accident, but I thought that that was kind of an awesome thing. And I will say, I sat down with him and Dr. Joseph Ricola, who's also known as a, you know, he always from the beginning was known as kind of out there and, 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 but you got to love these guys. They're just, um, they were so open and friendly and like really some of the most loving vibes I've gotten. And I just, um, I just got such a kick out of hanging out with them and, and getting to know them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Ben, the guy is such a classic and, you know, he's, he, he might come off kind of slick, you know, he's making these, uh, hyped up statements and proclamations, but he is so funny and he, he backs up everything he says with like, he really is walking his talk and he's doing his very best to push the limits of, uh, you know, human health and doing all this, all this guinea pig stuff. I mean, you listen to his show and he's flying across the country to get, uh, you know, sexual enhancement, experimental treatment with a jackhammer type operation onto his, uh, private areas. And I mean, it's, it's very entertaining. Yeah. On our podcast, he spoke about, um, you know, he has a Christian gratitude journal, but he also is talking about, you know, microdosing psilocybin and, you know, THC and marijuana. And he's totally open and, and, you know, again, seemingly contradictory with some of the stuff like, all right, you're a Christian, but okay, I guess God grew in your terms weed or, but open and, and fun and really just like the two people you might think would be more closed off or hard to talk to. They were both like, you know, 30, 40 years apart. And I felt similar in that sense. So it seems to me like, you know, maybe some of the left fielders are some of the most open, loving people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Just their vibe was, For real. was great. Yeah. And then you have uh, our boy Sisson, who shows up there every year oh God, and he's is- got sort of this rock star vibe, which is so cool because, you know, the, 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 the people that he's impacted, so many people and how profoundly you know, their lives have changed with his inspiration and him getting this whole thing going. I mean, him and Rob Wolf and the guys at the very start, uh, Lauren Cordain, but, you know, the Mark Stanley Apple uh, machine uh, picked up way back in 2006. And so, you know, watching him connect with people and their faces light up, even when he walks by, um, it's really fun to see that, especially since I've known that fool for 30 years. And, you know, he used to be carrying our bags when he was coaching the athletes, he, he'd be carrying our bags around. And now, like, to, you know, the, the, the journey that he's been on. And I think when people get a chance to interact with him, even briefly, uh, you can tell that he's a sincere guy and that his main goal, uh, you know, besides living awesome and enjoying his life and he's got his reputation and, uh, you know, his, his shirt off at the beach paddling and isn't that great. But, you know, his main uh, driving force in life is that he wants to help people. And so, you know, he's never tired at these shows. He's going all day long. He's constantly under uh, attention siege and all that, but he's loving it. He's smiling. And so, you know, he really was in his element. And I ain't just saying that, man. I know Mark doesn't listen to the shows. He's too busy, but I ain't just saying that. It was really cool. No, we're not. It sounds like his ass whenever we talk about Mark, but I will say this. So uh, I watched a little VIP outdoor for the VIP pass holders and I guess speakers. There was a little patio talk with Rob and Mark. And, you know... I told Rob this when I saw him at the speaker dinner, and I've, 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 I think everyone, you included, I've told you, you know, I feel this way about you too, and Mark. But, you know, those two guys together are very similar 
you know, in um, how people view them in terms of their level of integrity. Uh, I think their level of being a stand-up kind of man in a lot of ways, maybe falling on your sword or admitting when you're wrong, taking risks, especially Mark. You know, Mark talked about taking risks, failing, um, doing all sorts of things. And he's such an incredible mentor, obviously, to you, me. I mean, you know, I was emotional being there and being there because Mark is the reason I'm there, you know. So, I mean, partially, obviously, I did to, to, to participate, but he is such an amazing mentor to everyone. I mean, even personal friends, everybody, and such an amazing person to look up to. And then on that note as well, I want to say, and I told you this at the speaker dinner, it is so nice as a woman, I've always had incredible luck with, with working with men that support women, that trust them, that are uh, encouraging of them, pushing them forward. And, you know, uh, just a side note, right? Mark hired a 30, 31 year old, uh, woman, Morgan Bueller to run Primal Kitchen, to start a mayo, uh, one, you know, one, one jar of mayo, and then look at it now. And so just the fact that some of these guys, including Rob Wolf, you especially have been so encouraging to me and are of women in general. It's just nice. Like a lot of guys in this space are just, ah, so inclusive and encouraging that way. And, you know, for coming from my end and in this world right now, 2017, 2017, uh, 18, right? A lot of women's stuff going on. And I feel like there's a lot of women's empowerment uh, within there from the men. And I, I feel that and I love it. Thanks. Very well said. I mean, this is a great time on the planet because um, stuff that's bad and doesn't work, you know, gets blown wide open. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm not generally one for uh, salacious stories and, and trashy magazines, but, you know, to see the roof blown off of Hollywood and all the other repercussions of misbehavior that's now being exposed. And then, you know, you see a rapper like Cardi B hitting to the very top and saying, you know, <laughs> I went from dollar bills, now I'm popping rubber bands. I mean, that is, you know, uh, depending if it's your thing or not, I just think it's a great time on the planet where, you know, a stripper who's struggling, and I don't think that's, you know, the desired occupation for anybody can progress and progress and become, you know, the most famous celebrity. The musicians are the most famous celebrities in the world because every country is is playing Cardi B in her new album right now. And it's it's a beautiful thing, whether you're, even with uh, paleo, if you're, if you're not a follower and you're more toward the vegan bent or you disagree with this or that, at least you can now uh, descend upon a show like this in Austin, Texas, and realize that every single person in that building is tremendously devoted to health, to exploration, to being inquisitive, to learning and bettering themselves. And that's why I feel like, you know, focusing on common, common ground, and then you see guys like, you know, Mark and Rob chit-chatting and hanging out, where maybe in some other industries, you know, you're not going to see like Elon Musk with Tesla sitting with the General Motors guy and having a, uh, a catered lunch. You know, it just doesn't happen because there's just too many, too many barriers. But we're, you know, we got, we got that family vibe. So yeah, definitely uh, come to an event of this nature if you can, if you're listening and uh, getting all excited about our, our blow by blow, except we'll do another blow by blow too, because I ain't, I ain't missing it. I'm going back next year too. But also I want to throw out because we love them and they've been a part of the primal blueprint family and now in the peripheral, but for a long time, be the wellness, Adam and Vanessa Landberg showing up. Oh my God. Those guys are killing. I was so happy to see them at the party. Um, Me too. You know, we used to all work together at primal land and primal con. They were the centerpiece of the physical activity there. And Oh my goodness, these guys, they have so much energy and positive spirit and have been doing these great retreats and, and their podcasts. So uh, check those guys out for sure. They've been on the podcast before a couple few times, but 
Um, that was that was so nice. And yeah. I also want to point out they have one of the best interviews with Mark Sisson. Actually, it's their episode 100, <clears throat> and what's really unique about it is it's literally one of the first times that uh, people really go through where Mark started, all of the businesses, all of the things he tried, what he wanted to be. Very few people know Mark wanted to move and become a sportscaster at one point. And, you know, there's all sorts of stories that like, I didn't even know. I was like, what? And so if anyone's interested in learning more about Mark Sisson on a very personal level, uh, be the wellness podcast episode hundred, uh, is Mark Sisson. And it's just really not talking about keto not talking about primal as much as it's talking about him and his life and how he approaches business and, um, just taking risks. And I I think everyone really loved that. So I just wanted to shout out for that episode because I love that one. I don't know if you heard it, but you probably know it. You know everything about Mark. So <laughs> it's nothing you wouldn't know, but uh, yeah, hold, uh, I was fascinated. Hold on. Let me download that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a, a cool journey and, um, you know, I have this uh, little notepad, uh, well, it's digital, but you know, it's favorite quotes and people that have influenced my life in, in a nutshell with, you know, the message that they gave me at that time. Uh, like my friend Angelique, who I used to work with, and I came over to her cube uh, when we were working in the dot-com scene, and um, it was my birthday, you know, and I sat down, and she's like, hey, happy birthday. And I said, thanks, yeah, 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 and, and she said, what's wrong? And it was like, you know, it pushed me back so far because I didn't know what was wrong, but indeed, all kinds of things were wrong. One of them was that the dot-com scene was crashing, and my options were underwater, and I was driving three hours to commute to this great job, which I had a chance to, you know, hit, make it big and make a killing, but it wasn't really aligned with the highest expression of my talents. And, you know, I, I relate that as one of the turning points in my life where someone could see through whatever the, the smile and the birthday jabber was. And Mark's done that to me several times over the years. As people know, he was my coach when I was competing on the professional circuit. And so we'd have, you know, lengthy discussions that were very minimally covering uh, training or logistics of how many intervals to do on my next workout. But we just talk about, you know, the state of the union and where my career was headed and what my mindset was like. And, um, you know, a couple times I, I complained that I didn't have the same resiliency as some of my competitors on the circuit, that I simply couldn't train as hard as Mike Pig or Andrew McNaughton or guys that were putting in these huge miles. And I'm like, why is that, Mark? Is it genetics? What do you think? Do I need to sleep more? And he's like, hey, man, life's a bitch, so get over it. And, you know, those types of, yeah. you know, those types <laughs> of things that slap you in the face and recalibrate you, you know, are worth, you know, are worth their weight in gold because they, you can take them forward and, um, you know, he's got, he's got tons of those nuggets. Another one he said, uh, relating to business is that, and, and all those stops and starts he had that are so fascinating to hear about. He says, you know, really when it comes down to it as an entrepreneur, you only need one home run and you can, you can have a bunch of strikeouts and singles and uh, all kinds of trouble. But, you know, the people that are persevering and, and following these dreams and, and trying, you know, very hard in a competitive setting, you just got to get up off the ground and keep going. And so he's the guy that's, you know, now he's kind of the, the, the father figure of the paleo scene because he's 64 years old and there's a lot of youngins running around dreaming of a career in health coaching or whatever. Uh, but that part, you know, that part's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, one of my favorite, I love that you wrote those down and that you have those. Uh, another funny one I really like is I remember when I was first working for Mark, I was like, wow, it must be, must be kind of tough knowing what you know about health to then walk by and see people, you know, cause I, you know, it's like when you first discover it, uh, you know, I was like, wow, it must be hard to watch people, you know, shoving their face with donuts, whatever. And he just goes, you know what? It's not my job to convince you that your life sucks. You know, it's not my job. 
that's that's the person's job, right? And I was like, you're right. It's true. Yeah, and I think no uh, one, no one, only you can convince, right? You know, no one can convince you. No coach can make you do it. You have to hit your bottom of whatever it is you're disappointed with in your health, progress, or life, whatever it is, and you have to. You can be mentored and helped, but you have to, right? It wasn't until you, you take control and persevere yourself, and that, that just kind of goes for everything, right? It's not anyone else's job to convince you that you need to get your shit together, or that your life sucks, or whatever. But he's very, yeah. He's very no BS, uh, from Maine, East coast. Love it. And, um, Rob Wolf also has that same demeanor as well. And I think that's why, uh, you know, I really like both. (laughs) Yeah. And along those lines, uh, Marcus said this many times, I've heard Rob say it too. Uh, you know, you get that common question at the, the, the live experience seminars, primal con retreats or whatever. Uh, how do I get my, uh, significant other, on board here because I'm all in and they're not. And Mark's typical answer is you don't. Right, me you too. can't yeah. do anything except waste your breath uh, when people aren't ready. And when they're ready to receive, that's when you can be of service. But uh, to waste that breath and waste that energy, I've had to learn that the hard way um, where I'm, I'm so enthusiastic. I'm a positive guy. I like to connect and share and network. Um, but a lot of it is wasted energy. And the best thing you can do is walk your talk and then just, you know, have an open door, have your shingle open, but um, people have to come to it when they're ready. It's good you mentioned that because, you know, I've coached people who go down this road and this is a common thing where it's like, you know, I just, I wish I could, you know, don't do it, quote, together with anybody. Don't have a buddy system. It's you and you. If you have that, that's great, but it's still you. You're making the decisions. Maybe you have to eat at three. Everyone else is eating at six. That's on you. That's yourself. You make those decisions. You have to own it. And to try to rope someone into your game of whatever you're going to try because you feel like you need, no, it's better to do it. You just live it. If they want to come along, they will. And if not, then you're going to have to exercise the willpower because at the end of the day, you are it for you when it comes to health. And, you know, right? Mouth anus, we say, like, that's all you. That's not, no one's shoving stuff in there. So, so I think that that's interesting because a lot of couples get into this where one wants to change and one doesn't and just do it for you, you know, have, and, and, and you might hear some, you know, maybe you will, you know, you might even get roped into temptation. Someone might even try to write. It's like someone, uh, quit drinking or smoking. The other person's like, Hey, want a cigarette or whatever? I mean, you know, you might get tempted, but again, you still have to do what you've got to do within those confines. And I, I guarantee it's going to be a better outcome and the people will because of who you become, uh, because of it and all the benefits we know, they're going to go, I want to do that. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the same thing applied to parenting L now that I have kids who are almost out of the teenage years and, and into the adult scene and, you know, uh, uh, child psychologist, uh, Dr. William Hughes, has got a good book on Amazon. He says that, um, when it's the parent's idea, usually bad things happen. It usually doesn't end up well. And when it's the kid's idea, usually great things happen. So as a parent, of course, I set an example, walk my talk, uh, provide educational information and commentary when solicited, sometimes unsolicited when I'm in a captive audience like a car ride and and talking about the the great destruction of uh, the American family caused by the fast food industry and whatever other topic I want to sound off on. And so, you know, kids are... um, they're sharp. They pick up things. They absorb information. Uh, but you certainly um, aren't going to be able to, you know, control and manipulate uh, their destiny. Uh, that's up to them. And boy, it's it's kind of nice to sit back now and realize that I had far less influence than I thought I did over, you know, my kids, how they who they became, and what choices and decisions they make. 
you give them love, you give them support, you give them opportunity. Uh, but just speaking for uh, to all the parents out there, um, whew, you can you know you can take a load off thinking that everything has to be perfect, and then apply that to what you were saying, like do it for yourself, and you know don't worry about. Um, you know, a, a perfectionist approach. There was a lot of good commentary on that on the panels mm-hmm. and the, you know, the top experts saying, hey, look, everybody, let's relax a little bit and, you know, choose healthy foods and not get overly wound up on the the details and the technicalities. And I think that's really important to come from that perspective, especially like in a panel discussion when you can try to one-up your fellow panelists with, you know, additional scientific detail or a counterattack rather than just, you know, looking at the faces out there in the audience and saying, wow, these people are inquisitive, they need help, and we're going to give them you know, a, a good big picture approach that, you know, is doable and reasonable for their life. Yeah. And um, I like the, sometimes you got to get in at first and get into the technicalities, but in doing so know that it should be a quick detachment from maybe, maybe six weeks, you get the hang of kind of stuff. Then you start to have to try to tinker with being intuitive. And, you know, we talked about on the panel, right? Like if there's a day where you're not feeling like you want to eat animal flesh or something, then maybe you don't, you know, if you're like afraid of fruit cause you're doing whatever and you're feeling like an apple and it's the right thing, try it, have one, you know, so, uh, personal experimentation and, being a little bit loose because I've had those days too where you don't need to cram every macro and everything into every bite. And <laughs> But at first that makes sense and it helps people wrap their head around it. And it's important to know how many carbs are in certain things. And so again, I think the technicalities are great as a foundation and a baseline for learning, but then you got to loosen the reins, right? Absolutely. Uh, that was it's also a very good concept to apply to fitness because when I was on the endurance panel with Mark and Ben and Andy Petranek and we had a great uh, group up there, uh, Joe DiStefano. Amazing people. We were you know, getting questions from the audience and uh, wondering if yoga is good for endurance athlete and over distance exercise at low heart rate is good for endurance athlete and uh, high intensity CrossFit style Bach jumps and heavy weight bar uh, movements are they're all good and they all produce a fitness adaptation. But I think I chimed in there successfully when I said, you know, we also have to uh, put on this list extra sleep as a very excellent training technique for endurance athletes. And I even went so far as to say, uh, you know, if you have 12 hours to dedicate to training, you know, that's what you got buy-in with your family, your job, your your logistics, and you come to your coach and say, I'm going to devote 12 hours to this. I want to do an Ironman. I want to do a marathon, whatever. I would argue out of the gate to take two of those 12 hours and just throw on some extra sleep, sleeping in Sunday morning, taking naps a few days a week, whatever you need to do. And then, you know, attack the goal with a with a 10-hour time block, knowing that because you're an athlete, you need to devote more time to rest, recovery, rejuvenation, downtime. So, you know, getting those kind of themes out there where the people are furiously taking notes on uh, yoga, strength training, mobility exercises, sprinting, lowering heart rate for over distance, you know, it can get to this point where you have so many things on your to-do list on your agenda that you you, you blow a gasket and then you give up. So we want to have like compliance, long-term adherence to some sort of paleo-friendly, ancestral-friendly lifestyle, and then we're succeeding uh, as opposed to intimidating people. I love it. Sleep is so important and it's the cause of so many issues uh, with men and women and our hormones and and everything else. So, you know, if you want to optimize that, uh, yeah, and honestly, you know, I just don't function well uh, on minimal sleep. It really, the effects of it are, it's just, 
also to yoga. So hot yoga and some high intensity yoga can actually not be great for adrenals. It can be stimulating. So if you're in a situation where you're having issues with adrenals and then you think yoga might be the answer to like, oh, well, if I can't really work out because I'm not supposed to, I'll just go do yoga. But some of those classes can be really high intense. I mean, I do two, three level classes. I used to, I mean, not regularly, but I've done them regularly for years. And also hot yoga I used to do, which is I feel a no-no on a regular, like a chronic basis. Um, But those are really high intensity classes, uh, especially the hot yoga ones. So just because you think you're going to go chill in a room that's hot and maybe you're like, oh, I'll sweat it out. That can be something that's not good for what you're talking about, right? It's a little bit the opposite. So I think there's some trickery with some of those, um, (laughs) you know, classes. If you're going to do it, I'd say, you know, if you're doing it for the chill mobility, stay in the level two arena or lower and don't get, don't go farther if you're trying to recover. Yeah. We're always going for this more is better mentality, especially uh, fitness enthusiasts or uh, my new term that I uh, uh, inspired by Ben Greenfield to say, if you're a type double A or type triple A, you know, you think you're a battery powered object instead of a human. Right. Um, you you got to respect the need for rest and recovery. Um, yeah. We're look like we're, we're getting to the, uh, the finish line of our wonderful wrap up, but uh, maybe we can have some, uh, closing thoughts and comments. One thing I want to mention is uh, from my interview with Luis, like I referred to earlier, and the great success that he's had uh, applying the ketogenic approach to uh, healthy fat reduction, long-term fat reduction for years and years now, not months and months, but years and years of proven approach to th- thousands of followers. And interestingly, what he offered up on that panel, remember that soundbite? He says, uh, as a matter of fact, um, 70% of my clients are females between the ages of 45 to 55. And that was like... Right, that was shocking. Yeah, mind blower. Because here's this guy who's, you know, the fittest bodybuilder you'll ever see, tight as a drum, strong as an ox. And you're thinking, you know, the name of the website's Keto Gains. And you're thinking the bodybuilding scene all the way. Dudes, But again, (laughs) as I referred to, his partner Tyler has a completely different perspective, which is so valuable. And also, one thing I'll mention that he said in the interview, that is if people are struggling to adhere to those uh, strict ketogenic standards or uh, struggling in general to uh, ditch carb dependency and transition to uh, fat and keto-adapted dietary pattern. He said, just eat the same thing every day for a while until you build the momentum. And then you don't have to think and you eliminate this tremendous variable of decision fatigue and also that temptation. Because I feel like we're constantly bombarded by temptation, peer pressure, negative peer pressure. Like, come on, L, what's one cupcake going to do? I made them, you know, I baked them myself. <laughs> Don't dishonor me. You know, all these things that happen throughout the day. But if you have kind of a, at, at times, a more direct and uh, we could call it rigid or focused approach, where just like the person on the airplane when they're handing out peanuts, hey, want some peanuts? And you're like, No, I go into anaphylactic shock if I have a peanut, so I can't eat peanuts. But if you apply that mentality to a dietary transformation and say, okay, for 21 days, I'm not allowed to eat sugar or grains. I have zero tolerance and therefore zero decision-making or zero weighing and and willpower uh, weighing in, and I'm just going to do it. And that's you know a great suggestion from him. And you don't have to uh, discount that or or scoff at that in any way. Um, Eating the same thing might not be a long-term lifestyle practice for seven years straight, but it's a wonderful way to get out of the gate with an absolute guaranteed result. Because as as he mentioned, then you know exactly what your macros are every day. You don't have to stress on it. You can say, well, this diet right here, this this eating plan of an omelet in the morning, uh, uh, you know, 
two uh, two scoops of macadamia nuts in the afternoon and uh, a big salad for dinner is going to get me to my goals and w- without even thinking or worrying about it until that time comes that you say where you have to loosen up, open it up and, you know, do what makes you happy and, and carry on. But, you know, getting to that goal, it seems like there's so much pain and frustration for people. And here's a simple way around it. It was kind of a light bulb went off in my head like, wow, how simple. Just eat the same damn thing every day yeah. and make sure you absolutely enjoy your menu before you commit to it. I love it. And um, I guess my closing remarks would be just back to the beginning, which is you and I both kind of not thinking we'd have the effect, uh, the, the, the experience that we did at Paleo FX and now wanting to go every year for the rest of our lives. And that I think says something, and we're really not selling it just because we were invited to go. Like hopefully at least uh, people listening know Brad and I are no BS people who would, <laughs> wouldn't do that. But it is so fun. And I love that if you don't have people you can connect to in your community and you want to connect because you are doing it on your own, consider coming to this event. Um, and I think you can still probably go on to Paleo FX website and, and pay to see some of the filmed keynote uh, uh, speeches and if you can't be there in person. So I just suggest everyone look into it at some point if you're following this road because you just connect with other like-minded individuals and then you're just pursuing and persevering down the same path together. And it really does, like you said earlier, feels like a family and it feels like a really tight-knit tribe. I love it. The Paleo FX wrap-up show <laughs> and many other topics coming in. So it was like a great Brad and L podcast, just like the last one. Um, wrapping up the show as well, but wonderful. Good stuff, El. Thank you so much. Awesome. I love hanging. It was also great to see you. I don't get to see you that much, so I like Paleo FX for that, too. Yeah, we have to meet up in Texas since we, we don't cross paths in California. <laughs> <laughs> and as many people, the same, same old Same time next comes year. Up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress. Whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight or flight mode in modern life. And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout, but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function, maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day. This stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage. So I like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used 
in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.